This is the Mental Health Movement Podcast, Voice for the Voices, a weekly podcast hosted by Chris Milson, a podcast to help break the stigma of mental health and to remind everyone that it is okay to be not okay, and to remind those that they are never alone. Please also note that Chris is not a psychologist or psychiatrist and is speaking from research and experiences. Trigger warning for those for the possible explicit content and language. What's up, Warriors? And welcome to another episode of the Mental Health Movement Podcast, Voice for the Voiceless. I am your host, Chris, and thank you guys so very much for tuning in to my last podcast on trauma bonding. Um, I just kind of wanted to keep this theme going. You know, we started with gaslighting with Dr. Deborah, and then the last podcast was trauma bonding. And this podcast, we're going to be talking about family estrangement. It's a term that I never knew I related to. Um, I've heard the term before and I was never really familiar with it until uh, a fellow group member uh, on the Facebook group reached out to me and kind of asked me about it. And I had an idea of what it meant and I had an idea of how to, how to cope with it, but I never knew it was a term that basically relates to my, you know, to my situation in, in its entirety, you know, uh, between family members and friends uh, that, you know, I'm no longer friends with anymore. Um, we're just going to break that down a little bit. And uh, again, I just want to give a shout out to one of my good friends, Sean. Um, the Facebook group today, uh, as of today, is well over um, 1,600 members. And I'm very excited to talk to my therapist about that number. Um, luckily, we have a healing session this week um you know a lot's gone on since the last time uh, her and i spoke um and of course today i'm rocking my uh, rest in peace chester bennington shirt because uh lincoln park just put out the unreleased track of lost and if you guys have not heard that song um if his music does something for you because i do know there are people that don't really care for lincoln park but for me uh as many of you know uh he was one of my biggest inspirations and uh, you know, just the mental health community. He spoke through his lyrics a lot better than a lot of us can articulate um, to try and get out of our soul. So, you know, this new song, even though I'm not in the place that that song was basically, you know, what the lyrics describe, I'm not at that place in my life anymore. I'm a lot more uh, healthy mentally wise and uh, emotionally than I was when I was 14, 15 years old. So, you know, anybody who could use that song or anybody who could relate to that song, it is probably one of the most powerful songs I have heard in my entire life. And I, I think very highly of Chester and uh, you know, just the message that he spreads. So Again, we're going to be talking about family estrangement today. Um, let's let's start with the definition, just in case there are uh, some people who do listen to the podcast that aren't familiar with the term. Basically, it's a suspension of direct communication between relatives, often triggered by a conflict. Um, it includes uh, avoidance or withdrawal from family members or siblings, or just basically the last straw. They've had enough of whatever situation is going on, and they want to cut ties. Um you know, uh, when we when we dig in this a little bit, it'll start making a little more sense if that definition wasn't very clear. Um, I kind of just wanted to paraphrase it uh, just to kind of give you a quick definition of it. And, you know, let's 
let's talk about it. Let's talk about what what exactly family estrangement is. You know, um, it can be communication breakdown between siblings or extended relatives. Um, this this is the one that stuck out for me pretty hard. Adult children cutting off their parents because of toxic behavior such as violence, abuse, or neglect, or feelings of being rejected. Um, obviously, I've shared my story about my mom and what I've had to do for myself. Um, who I haven't talked about very much is my dad. You know, my dad, I don't consider him a bad person. I don't consider him at the level of toxicity that I consider my mom, but the feeling of being rejected is something that has always been in the back of my head my entire life with my dad. I always tried to seek his validation for something and anything that I tried to do in my life, whether it was uh, trying to voice acting stuff, uh, wrestling. And cause when I was in wrestling school, when I tore my shoulder um, in 2016, I believe it was from wrestling, after I got home from surgery, you know, looped up still from uh, from the pain pills they gave me and stuff. Um, the first thing my dad says, you know, I hope the surgery went okay. Or are you okay? Can I help you with something? First thing my dad says in when we get in the house, I told you this was going to happen. No, no words of support. Um, no words of encouragement. Nothing. And I've had this conversation with extended relatives and that kind of goes into the communication breakdown of those said extended relatives it's oh well that's how he was treated growing up or that's how my mom was to him and it's just like I'm at that point in my life where I'm 30 years old and if I'm treating somebody like like dog shit part of my language if I'm treating somebody like dog shit you know it, it comes from a place of hurt you know, I don't intentionally try to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't attack anybody. You know, it, it takes a lot for me to react to to people. You know, I, I've gotten my emotions in check over the past couple of years. And, you know, basically it's gotten to a point where I just don't want to hear excuses. I just want to hear, you know, this is what you could do to avoid this next time or put up boundaries between you and your dad when it comes to certain conversations, you know, and if I can go back to that 2016 version of myself, the amount of advice I would probably say to me, what I know now, it's just, you know, my God, I, I, it doesn't seem like a real lifetime. You know, every time I talk to Caleb or my brother or anybody about, you know, when I worked at Publix or when I lived in New Jersey, none of it ever seems real because I'm not nowhere near that person anymore. I, I don't let people walk all over me. I have boundaries between me and my parents. I communicate those boundaries with my parents, you know, and I know a lot of people struggle just putting up boundaries because, oh, well, it's your mom and dad, or it's your brother or sister. You're supposed to love them because you're, they're your blood. No, no. I'm here to tell you that those boundaries are more important than your relationship with anybody else. Your relationship with yourself should be before anybody else, you know, and for my, for my parent friends that do listen to the podcast as well, it there's nothing wrong with putting yourself first either. And I know that's hard because, you know, you, you got young kids or you got a teenager, teenager, whatever, and they have needs. And I understand that. But if you're pouring from an empty cup, they're learning from what you're doing. Oh, well, I got to exhaust all my resources in order to help other people. And I, I'm meant to suffer for the rest of my life. You know, it's, 
honest, honestly, guys, if you can put yourself first, you know, whether it's once a week, twice a week, self-care, you know, I, I like to preach self-care to people because without self-care, without that self-love or that self-positive talk, you're going to constantly be in that rut that you keep running around in circles in. And obviously, as a human being, you want to, you know, try and, I guess, avoid that cycle, avoid being a, a bad example for your kids or your peers or whatever. You know, if you can show that you can put yourself first and then worry about others, I know I'm a very selfless person and it's it's not a problem, but I feel I neglect myself more times than not for other people's benefit. And I, I get hurt a lot because I wear my heart on my sleeve, you know, and not to be graphic, you know, uh, again, at the beginning, beginning of every episode, I try to um, throw a trigger warning just in case, because I know when I talk about my experiences, I get very graphic about it, but I wear my heart on my sleeve and nine times out of 10, it kind of feels like that razor blade just going right over, right over my heart every single time. And again, not to be graphic, but that's how I feel because I put my heart and into everything, this podcast, the group, my friendships, everything. And I'm not the type of person to ever expect anything from anybody. And this is something that I struggle with every every therapy session I have with with Jess is I struggle feeling what I give out to people, if that makes any sense. You know, it, it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, I, I try to take care of myself. I've been doing better about it. You know, I've joined the gym and and started fixing my diet and everything else. And you know, when it comes to my parents, uh, you know, sometimes I'll overextend myself just for them and it, it gets the best of me. You know, uh, this last week I had a really bad week because I let my mom uh, again into my head. And, you know, that's that's a conversation for another time. Um, then there's also parents cutting ties uh, because they object to a child's dating partner or spouse. I've seen this so many times where uh, people don't talk to their parents because their parents don't like uh, their husband or boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it is, for whatever reason. And, you know, it's it's heartbreaking that we live in a world where we try to express, you know, being open minded, being op uh, big on communication, but nobody talks to each other. Everything's a Facebook post. Everything's a Twitter post and a hashtag or a TikTok, whatever it is. And you can't even sit down in front of the person that you're with or your parents and tell them how you're feeling. Instead, it just becomes a Facebook post of, of talking shit about somebody because you don't like them. And then we come to this, you know, family estrangement where you just, you don't know that person anymore because they don't want you in your life or you don't agree on something. Here's a big one. Um, over the last three years, you know, we've had a, a craze of politics. We've had a craze of the vaccinations. We have had a craze of politics uh, and the pandemic. Um, I didn't mean to repeat politics twice, sorry. Um, and, you know, it's this world is so divisive and nobody can ever find common grounds on this subject. And I've mentioned before, I refuse to talk about any of these any of these subjects on this podcast, but 
I'm just going to share my experience without talking about it directly. You can't have a stance opposing to anybody's without it turning into an argument. I've argued with my aunt when I'm, when I try to be the most neutral person ever and try to be understanding and, you know, try to explain where I'm coming from. It's just always you're wrong, wrong, wrong. And same with the vaccination, same with politics, same with the whole pandemic. You know, it's, again, goes back to what I was saying before. We live in a world of mass communication. We can't communicate to each other without it turning into anger, without it turning into, uh, you know, cutting ties with somebody because you don't agree with them or they don't agree with you. And it's your way or nobody other, uh, nobody else's way. And I've lost so many friendships because of that because they couldn't sit down and have a neutral conversation with me. It's like, oh my God, you don't believe in the same thing I do. I don't want to hear your counterpoint. Don't talk to me, block. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And as many of you know, grief is not just death. Grief is losing a a really good friend, losing the relationship with your brother or sister. I've, I've been grieving what feels like for a lifetime, you know, from Amy to Santi to, Friends I was uh, friends with for over 20 years, and they just stopped talking to me, you know? And again, don't ever let somebody tell you how to grief. Don't ever let somebody tell you how how to feel your feelings. You feel what you need to feel yourself. Um, you know, with with family estrangement, you know, there comes the, the massive uh, flood of emotions. And, you know, more commonly... Uh, grief, like I just said, uh, grieving the relationship of your mom or dad or, uh, you know, a really good friend because you guys didn't agree on on a political view or, you know, the, the pandemic, whatever it is. Again, I me having a big heart and having so many people just disagree with whatever point, no matter how neutral I try to be, you know, with no matter how. I try to word things and not to cater to somebody else's views, but just to kind of like soften the the conversations. Like, listen, you don't have to agree with me. Here's where I stand. It's okay that you feel the way that you feel a hundred percent valid, but there's no need to attack me because I'm not attacking you. I'm giving my opinion based on what I've researched myself. You know, I, I've communicated to many of my friends. I don't watch the news. I don't follow any of any of the politics, nothing. I don't I don't dig into any of that. It's just too much mental exhaustion for me to sit there and listen to uh, you know, death in one broadcast and then, you know, just drug overdoses or whatever it is. You know, it's the news is just so exhausting. And I don't understand how people put so much energy into it um and then you have the feelings of confusion which i'll put hand in hand with grief because you know oftentimes when somebody cuts ties with you and it's out of nowhere you know there was no communication and that's happened to me plenty of times and i've felt confused what did i say wrong and you're looking through all the messages what did i say wrong and and it's just an opposing opinion and then anger or even being shocked you know Anger, I feel like, ties into every piece of mental health struggles, you know, whether it's suicide awareness, whether it's, you know, uh, borderline personality, bipolar. Anger is always there lingering in one way or another, you know, and, and it's so hard to put a cap on anger because 
it's always there and you never expect it to hit you. And then when it hits you, it's like a freight train. Um, again, confusion and shock, I, I feel like is more or less the same exact uh, feeling. You know, it's just like, I thought we were better friends than that. I thought we had a 15 year friendship that just went down the drain because we didn't agree on one thing. And you know, it is what it is. Um, so how do you fix those uh, those broken relationships? You know, how, how do you intend on mending uh, a broken tie with a family member or a sibling? Um, so you can examine the role you may have played in past hurts and take responsibility for your own behaviors. And again, this isn't to say that you're the one to blame on this situation, because if you're the mature uh, party and, you know, whatever's going on, uh, you know, it's basically to the point of they need to understand where you're trying to come from and talk, talk like a mature adult. And I, I know maturity, you know, is just, I don't want to say it's rare, but I feel like in this kind of situation, it's rare because, you know, if somebody's set on their feelings and they don't want to change, and I'll use the example of my parents, they won't change their views on on what they believe and how they act and everything else. And you just have to accept that that they're never going to change and establish your boundaries, which that's one of the biggest, um, biggest parts of mending a tie. It's establishing those boundaries for yourself. And, you know, you can choose to have a relationship with that person or not. I keep my mom further than arm's length. Um, I don't tell her too much. Uh, if we ever have a conversation, it's hi, how are you? And go about my day because I don't feel comfortable enough to bring her back into my life and welcome her into my heart because every time I've given her a chance, she has shown me that she's more interested in bruising uh, more of my inner child and bruising uh, my inner soul and inner peace because she's not at peace with herself. You know, she's at a constant battle with herself and she unfortunately is mentally ill to the point of I don't want to say she doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. It's more or less, it's a cycle that she refuses to try and break. It's kind of a, she's always a victim. She's the, she's playing the toxic victimhood, which we've talked about on this podcast before, you know, and it, it's just everybody else's fault and not hers. So I know where me and her stand in a relationship, you know, it's, I don't want her in my life directly. Uh, I will keep her uh, externally and, you know, just further than an arm's length. And that's okay. You know, I felt guilty for a really long time um, because she's my mom. And, you know, society's like, oh, well, you got to love your mom. You only have one mom, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to tell you from a person who has heard that for the last five, 10 years of trying to heal, trying to get better it's okay to cut ties with your parents. It's okay to put up that boundary between you and that parent or parents. Um, I don't really have much of a boundary with my dad because he doesn't really attack me personally anymore. Um, I think since I moved out of the house and just kind of established myself and have a foundation to stand on and whatnot, he doesn't butt into anything I'm doing. Uh, he doesn't have an opinion on anything I'm doing and that's fine. Again, I keep him uh, at an arm's length 
I'll tell him some things. Uh, I don't trust him fully with uh, a lot of the stuff that I struggle with, but uh, we've been getting better. You know, the relationship has gotten better over the years. Um, forgive or work on letting go of resentment is another one. Um, resentment is is really tricky. You know, it's one of those things where you can't look at that person in the face the same anymore because they abuse you or they talk down to you about uh, to other people or neglected you, whatever it is. I know for the longest time I could not look at my mom or talk to my mom because of what happened in New Jersey, because of uh, my attempt in New Jersey and everything else she has put me through. But if you can let go of that resentment, that peace that comes into your heart that follows is so worth, uh, I guess, trying to mend fences, trying to at least accept the apology you know you'll never get. And I know that's something I needed to tell myself is I accept your apology that I will never receive from my parents. Um, See, the thing with my mom is the amount of times that she has said she was sorry was because she knew I wanted to hear it, but she never meant it because she kept doing it. Same with the love bombing. That was another really big one with her. It's, oh, I love you. I would never do anything to hurt you. Or I'm so sorry I said this. I'm so sorry this, sorry that. Sorry I treated you like this in the past. And I love you and blah, blah, blah. I'm your mother. We're family. You know, I've heard it all from her. And every time, <clears throat> every time something goes wrong in this family, and that happens a lot. Uh, and she's usually at the center of it. Um, I always feel like uh, a terrible person if I cut her off. Because like I mentioned in the last podcast, guys, um, I don't want to be responsible. I don't, let me, let me reword that. I don't want to feel guilt if she took her life and I was the last person to cut her off. Um, I know it wouldn't be my fault. And I know... Uh, that people that are going to commit suicide are going to do it, you know, with or without uh, a certain relationship getting better or worse. Um, I know when I attempted, I had full means to do it. Um, I wanted all pain to stop. But uh, when she has threatened that she wanted to do it, it was because she knew that was a knife she could stick in the right place and, and twist because I have forgiven her more times than I have cared to admit. And I've given her chance after chance. Um, and, and now I've finally come to the realization that she's never going to change her ways. She's never going to see uh, that she is the problem, that she needs to get help to actually help herself, you know, because she can see a therapist and I, I just don't trust her to, have a productive therapy session. When I lived in New Jersey, uh, she saw a therapist. Uh, I'll use air quotes on that one. And um, she basically came home uh, after a couple sessions and she would constantly be like, I went to therapy today and my therapist told me uh, to tell you guys to stop doing this, this, and this. Being in therapy for almost three years and you know, almost a year in New Jersey, um, I know a therapist doesn't say anything like that. I mean, maybe there's therapists out there that says things like that. I mean, I've 
had had a bad experience with a therapist, but I just can't foresee a therapist say, uh, telling her to uh, say to her family, oh, well, stop doing this, stop doing that. It just doesn't line up. And again, she's a compulsive liar anyway, so you can't really trust anything that comes out of her mouth. Um, show empathy. You know, Don't try to persuade your family member to see things your way. Let go of the need to be right. Um, this is a big one. Uh, I know a lot of people that have egos and a lot of people that just won't let go of that hate for their parent or that hate for, uh, you know, a friend that they stopped talking to because they didn't agree on something. Um, and, uh, and I say friend because I consider my friends to be family. So just, just an FYI of why I keep throwing friend out there. Um, I consider a lot of my friends family. But, you know, a lot of people just have too big of egos and won't admit that not everybody's going to share their opinion and it's okay to have a different opinion. Stop trying to convince everybody that you're the one in the right, that they have to think the way that you think. Because I don't agree with everything my dad says, and for the most part, we agree on everything. Uh, I think he's ignorant in a lot of conversations we have, and I just don't feel the need to try and make him see my way just like my aunt, just like my grandma, whoever it is. I don't try to uh, convince people that my way of thinking or my way of seeing the situation is the right way. It's whatever you feel is morally right, whatever you feel in your heart of hearts, that this is the right thing for you to do, or this is the right way for you to think, go for it. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Don't tell me how to live mine. And I've told my grandfather that too, because he's very, he's heavy in religion, he used to be when I was younger and now he's very heavily into politics. And every time we have a conversation about politics, it's like, listen, I respect your opinion. I just don't want to talk about it because we're never going to see eye to eye. You base every conversation you and I have off of what you see on the news. And I don't watch the news. I research what I need to research if I'm interested and leave it at that. But I, I refuse to have a conversation about politics with people that, uh, that are overly stubborn and feel they always need to be right about everything. So I'm good on all that. So what are the four steps of healing uh, in the family estrangement? So step number one, decide that you want to heal and reclaim your mental health. This is something that I struggled with for a really long time. I, I remember before I started going to therapy um, that I just had in my mind that, oh, I don't need to go to therapy. Uh, I Only crazy people do that. You know, I was when I was, it, this was when I was really young and this was uh, my mom wanting to go to therapy with me. And before I knew the red flags of how she was thinking and before she tried to put me on, uh, I think it was Ritalin. She tried to put me on because uh, I was really hyper when I was younger. Um, and uh, again, my first experience with a therapist was a gambling, uh, gambling addiction therapist. It was outpatient therapy and it was horrible. Um, and that was my perception of therapy forever for a really long time. And after, after those two sessions, I just felt like this is how I'm going to feel for the rest of my life. I remember when I had my first breakup, uh, in ninth grade and that was like a, I guess a kind of a trigger to my downward spiral of 
everything being shit at home. And then at high school, uh, somebody I had, I tried to form a relationship with, you know, 14 years old, you know, you don't know shit about relationships at 14 years old. And you think, Oh, well, this is gonna be a love of my life. I'm 14 years old and we're happy. We've been together two months. And uh, you know, I don't remember why we broke up. I mean, that was so long ago, but um, my point being on this conversation um, is just, I thought it was normal to feel the way I was feeling because it was just always dark. You know, I, I had a CD player in my, uh, in my pocket all the time. And uh, you know, I experimented with drugs when I was in ninth grade and always try to find something to cope to. And luckily I, I don't want to say luckily, fortunately, I found music and music helped me get through a lot of shit that I shouldn't have gone through at that age or up until now, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff I tolerated that I shouldn't have tolerated. You know, um, I wish I could go back to the day that I started wrestling school and have a backbone because my coach was a bully. Um, and I remember one of our first classes, uh, we were trying to put together a match. Um, and I, I think we were working on like how to attack a body part and how to make it uh, make sense in the in the middle of the ring. And I, I didn't know what to do after uh, I, I think I was attacking the guy's arm or something and I didn't know how to make it make sense. And he was just sitting there screaming at me saying, Oh, why are you doing this? Why, why is it blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't remember the whole, argument but i remember shutting down and i crawled out of the ring and i just didn't want anything to do with it because again i let people do that to me and that was around the same time i moved up to new jersey and um yeah three hours of my mom screaming in my face and calling me every name in the book and telling me i'm not worth shit i i wish i could go back and give myself advice on how to have a backbone, to not let people do that to you. I, I don't think I would have struggled as hard as I have up until now. You know, uh, therapy has been a blessing to me and I'm grateful for it. And I wish I had it sooner than I did, but I'm grateful that I have it now because it gives me something to look forward to. It, it gives me motivation to, uh, to push improvement in my life, you know, whether that's gym improvement or this podcast, whatever it is, um, you know, you, you have to, you have to want to heal. You have to want to reclaim that mental health. You can't just drag yourself through the mud and be like, Oh, you know, it's going to get better. Eventually you have to make that happen. You have to want to make that happen. Life isn't going to hand you anything, unfortunately. And I wish shit, I wish it did. Hand me a million dollars. I'll, I'll, I'll be okay for a little bit, you know, but I, I, strongly strongly suggest that uh you know if you want to get out of a rut if you're feeling down you know therapy is not for everybody and i will forever preach that to anybody who will listen therapy is absolutely not for everybody and that kind of goes into um going slow you know gradual healing progress is still progress you know it's it's progress not perfection a small step is still a step whether it's you don't have to jump up every single step to get to where you want to go. You know, every step leads to the same place, you know, and 
help other people on, on the way up there too, man. You see somebody struggling while you're trying to climb that ladder, you know, help them, help them get up too. I, I I'm so, so tired of seeing people that just watch others suffer. You know, I know we all have shit going on. We all have battles that we face, but you know, uplift each other, man, root for each other, help each other heal. You know, I'm not telling you to stop your life just to make sure somebody else doesn't, doesn't fuck up, but I, I, I'm so, you know, just heartbroken seeing the suicide rate climb. The in in younger age groups too, man. Uh, just just you know, quick little story about that. I I was watching not uh on purpose. I was at the gym and the news happened to be on. And this again, this is what I'm talking about. And they had a story of a 14 year old girl who was getting bullied at school, and. People were just filming her getting beat down in a hallway. And it went all over Facebook, all over TikTok, all over every social they posted it on. The next day, when she saw those videos, she took her life. 14 years old, age group 10 to 24, suicide is the second highest killer in that age group. That is not okay. I just, I want anybody who will listen. If you see somebody getting bullied, you see somebody getting mistreated, don't just sit there and record it or do nothing. We we got to help each other, man. Like if you have young kids, please just encourage them to look out for their fellow friends, to look out for their fellow classmates, man, because I don't want to see any more kids, adults, teens. I don't want to see anybody do that. Take their life, man. Like, I've been there. I know, I know the feeling of just wanting it to stop and not wanting to suffer, but you know, be kind to everybody around you and please push that message on your kids. Bullying has gotten a hundred times worse than, than it was when I was a kid. You know, social media is, is absolutely disgusting with bullying. So please, um, if you can find it in your heart to, spread that message to your kids, to whoever, please do. Um, sorry to kind of sidetrack on that. I just, I really wanted to get that off my chest because it was a story that broke my heart and I hate how casually the news was just reporting it. Um, get support as you open up uh, old wounds, you know, addressing your, your past can, you know, hurt you more than you're already hurt. You know, you're feeling that trauma over and over again and, when you start to try and heal, you have to go to your past and you have to hug your inner child and walk them through that fire again. You don't have to do that alone. Again, it doesn't have to be a therapist because therapy is not for everybody. It could be a friend. It could be a family member that you trust. Whoever you feel that you can trust inside your heart, you know, reach out to them. Ask them to be an advocate for you. Ask them to hold your hand through this journey that you're going through. Now, I, I will say also, don't expect that person to be available to you 24-7. Healing is, you know, it's it's a 360. You know, you have to put in the work as well as uh, whoever is trying to give that advice to you. You know, if, if you're asking for advice and, you know, if, if you take it, great. If not, at least trying to put in the work of, of healing. You know, you, you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't force it to drink, you know, and that's probably one of the most relevant uh, 
sayings ever, you know, as old as it is, because you can't, you can't force somebody to heal. Um, your healing journey is about you. Uh, whatever extent your family uh, choose to own up and take responsibility for their behavior cannot prevent you from your inability or in your mental health and do whatever you need to fully enjoy your life in the future. You know, it's, it's one of those things where the, the healing journey, it takes so much, so many pieces to put together, you know, so many different things that you have to think about when you're healing. It's, you know, do I, do I want to heal on my own? Do I want to try and get through this on my own? Uh, do I want to reach out to somebody for advice or, you know, what can I do better? Or do I want to plan this out? You know, healing is, it's, it's a long journey, man. I'm still healing from so many things. I'm a lot better than I ever have been, but I still, I still have a long way to go. I still have a lot of things that I struggle with every single day, but you know, it, it's, you know, it's a sprint, not a marathon. Um, at the end of every podcast, as you, as you guys know, I like to read a quote uh, that I find on today's subject. And thankfully, uh, there was a quote that I found by a Miss Fiona uh, McCool. I, I hope I'm saying her name right. McCall, I think it is. And it's in, uh, and it's titled uh, Estranged. And, you know, of course, today's subject was family estrangement. So it reads, It is apparently more palatable to think of all estranged people who cannot or will not reconcile with their families as doomed to suffer in an eternal pit of despair over it than it is to imagine that some of us quite simply decide to have a good life in spite of an estrangement. I think that is probably one of the most powerful things I've ever read on that subject, just because, you know, it, it shows you where the world's mentality is at, you know, it's, it's so hard for people to swallow their pride and want to repair a relationship, uh, repair a relationship with anybody and, and healing, quite frankly, you know, a lot of people don't even know where to start with healing. Um, you know, I grateful for every single day that I earn. I'm grateful for the support that I have. And, you know, if anybody ever needs that support and wants to reach out to me, please feel free. I, I will be more than happy to help you. Um, these next couple uh, episodes, I'm shooting for one special guest. Uh, she is an artist. Um, nothing is in stone yet, but she did a, she helped do a cover for a uh, Lincoln Park song called Numb. Um, she's reaching out to her manager to see if, um, uh, if we can do this podcast, if we can, I'm very excited for that. Um, we also have a guest from our mental health group. His name is Derek. Um, we're still going over the details on what exactly we want to cover, but, uh, I'm very excited to have him on the next episode. We're going to talk about growth and self-care. Um, so again, thank you guys so very much for tuning in this week. Um, I always appreciate your support. Um, please like, share, and subscribe um, on the YouTube channel. Follow me on Spotify. Um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you know, look for the mental health movement um, with the logo uh, down in the bottom right of my YouTube uh, video. Thank you guys again so very much. Be kind to everybody. Be well. And as always, be gentle with yourself. Till next time, take care.